I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Mental Health. Mental Health are an award-winning mental health organization, the best Middlesbrough, and they work across the Tees Valley and beyond. Did you know Middlesbrough has the highest suicide rate in England, with 75% of those being men? Together, we can help change that. Mental Health run a number of amazing men-only groups across Teesside called The Speakeasy, which allows you guys to have a cuppa, relax and talk. For more information, please find all their socials at Mental Health. It's M-E-N-T-E-L-L-H-E-A-L-T-H. Um, and it's www.mentalhealth.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock. The Borough have just won against Newt Rochdale two goals to one, thanks to goals from Marvin Johnson and Jordan Hugel to set Middlesbrough up to the third round of the Carabao Cup. Um, a young side yet again, Bilal Brahimi, um, Nathan Wood, Mamutovic, D- Jed Spence and Harry Chapman all getting valuable game time as they continue to develop and hopefully make their way through um, into the starting eleven, not maybe this year, but in years to come. Um, the young lads should be should be playing in the cup, um, in my opinion. Whoever we get next on on Thursday, um, it's a great opportunity for them, um, and it's experience which will only develop them in the future. Um, also, I think it, it was great to see John Hugel score. Um, we we all know he's came from the Dickens. He's a borough lad. He's he's all the way up. Um, so we really want him to do. We really want him to do well. Um, and I'm I'm very very pleased for him. Um, but there's a player who I want to mention. Um, and he's he stood out for me in the cup games. Um, it's Jed Spence, and he's the the 18 year old wing back. He's he's very quick. He's he's technically sound. Yes, he's he's still a bit of a, a raw talent, what you say. But you could tell he has a lot of potential in him. Um, I think he can give shots competition. Uh, maybe maybe not maybe not this season, but definitely in the seasons to come. Um, you know, if he keeps working on his game, if he doesn't get the chance this year, you know, if I was him, I'd be getting yourself out on loan, play some league games and, and come back stronger next season. You know, we, we've been crying out for a wing back for, for many years, probably since Luke Young, and 
this could be the potential chance for an academy player to actually break through um, the barrier and fill that void. And how good would it be if, if a, youth, a youth player um, actually did that? Um, but let's chat about the game against West Bromwich Albion um, and that late Daniel Ayala goal which separated the sides and what a win it actually was. Um, you know, we spoke in the previous podcast about how we could limit uh, West Bromwich Albion and that, and that was to be like aggressive in the midfield, force West Brom to play the long ball. Um, our defenders, to, to get the challenges right, we spent a lot of time on that saying we shouldn't be allowing them to stay on the last man and use their pace to get round them. I didn't think they had a kick. Um, apart from that one breakaway with Dwight Gale and he fluffed his lines. Um, you know, we've also got using that extra man in midfield and I appreciate I said that Lewis Swing will probably play that role but Housen did it instead and he played that role excellent. Um, I thought he had the extra yard, um, he utilised the right areas, he created space out wide and he got the ball in the box. Um, in my opinion, all the points that I mentioned in the previous podcast and we pretty much did all that and we suffocated West Brom for long spells in the game. Um, yes, we, we did get caught once or twice, but it's a professional performance at the end of the day. Um, the other team are going to get chances. It's something that we have to accept, but we did look calm. You know, we looked calm, collected, in control of the game. I know uh, Darren Moore said he thought his team were actually unfortunate not to win the game. I thought that was absolute nonsense. Um, I think if we did draw the game, it would have been probably two points dropped. I don't know when we brought Mac- McNair on um, towards the end. I just instantly thought, ah, oh, well, if you can't win a game, you don't lose it. It's as simple as that. Um, but Ayala's goal is, is pretty much what we deserve. Um, I don't know if anyone mentioned, but it was Keith Andrew in the in the Sky Sports studio and he said that West Brom should have had a penalty, but I don't know how they should have got a penalty when it was in their own box and Daniel Ayala scored. So... Um, I don't know how he gets paid thousands and thousands of pounds to actually be a pundit. I think he's absolutely useless. Um, and he hates Middlesbrough, so fuck him, I say. Um, however, um, I think it's a great result for us. End of the day, you know, I am like a broken record when I say that first 10 games, they don't really count too much and they won't dictate your season. But I must say, it's always great to get a result against a team, you know, who we all know who'll be up there come the end of the season. Um However, I still think we have a lot to do. You know, I think there's, in terms of getting promoted, it's very, very early on. And we do need depth. We need different options or get a better option here um, when we're playing the games. You know, we see the top managers like Potocino or Pep Guardiola. They don't change their style of play. They make their style better um, and more difficult to break down. I think we should potentially look at that rather than chucking the strikers on or trying to change different things, become more aggressive in the midfield. Hopefully we can do that in in future weeks, but you know we need that depth. We need that. We need to to build on the plan A, and also we need to keep building on that winning environment and that mentality that we've got around the club. I think it's like six wins on in the bounce we've had now. Um, the last time I kind of felt like that it was under Karanka, and it was remember I remember games when we had Karanka um, at home, and I felt we would just win every game. You know, under Pulis, I still think we're a team in in, in process. I don't think we're the, we're the finished article yet. You know, we're creating a brand new spine. I think a lot of people have neglected that over like the last year or so. Um, from you know, we've created completely created a brand new spine from the team that got promoted. Um, and it does need time to gel. You know, we've got the likes of Gibson, Ledbetter, obviously potentially going now. Tomlin, Ramirez, Dimmy. Um, they're all pretty much gone now. You know, um, obviously you can mention Ayala and Clayton, still players at the club. Um, George Friend. 
majority of the team's gone now. You know, we're pretty much a different side from what we were when we got promoted. You know, Clayton's still here. We've got Britt now. We've got Flint. We've got Fry eventually coming through. Um, Johnny House and Braithwaite, if he chooses to stay. You know, there's, all, there's all that rumour where he could be going to Spain um, at the end of the transfer window. And is it a blow? Yes and no. Um, I know I said in the previous podcast, and we made a quote about it on the Twitter page, that Braithwaite doesn't have a choice. He has to play well if he wants to leave the club. Um if it's great, it's great for us if he plays well because he's going to get us points um, and more and a few extra dollar come uh, the transfer when he decides to leave. You know, it would be a shame to leave him. I think he's, to leave at the moment, he's, he started off very, very well. But if he wants to go, then we shouldn't really stand in his way and hopefully get someone in who, you know, will give everything for the club um, rather than someone who's just looking to use the club as a transfer or as a step up to, to get to a different team. Um, but it's all change, you know, in terms of that whole spine which I've, I've just mentioned, and you know I can see the potential. We're only just getting started, but we do need to add the additions. And um, if we do lose the likes of Braithwaite and we like lose the likes of of Ledbetter and Desar and, and so forth, like some of the depth players, and um, we could potentially lose. So this links quite well with the first question that we have, and it's from Rob Fletcher, and it's the way we play eleven on Twitter, and he asks. How far can we go this season with the squad that we currently have? Um, do we need three or four players like Pulis said? Short answer, um, yes. I think the depth is is key in the championship. And I, I don't think depth, the word depth use, is used quite a lot um, when, when managers are speaking. But the fans get a different type of perspective on that. I think depth in the championship doesn't mean having a lot of players in, in the squad. It means having the right players across the squad. Um, and, and the players that are compete compete for places, you know, you don't want that player who, who's just going to sit around and drag his feet and take a wage. You want someone who's going to make your team better and make your team stronger. Um, you know, the three or four players who could potentially come in need to add value, or it's pointless being here. Um, you need around about about twenty two or twenty four players, in my opinion, for the championship. Um, those twenty four players need to be hungry. They need to give Pulis something to think about, um, and make his life a lot harder than. It should be, you know, we all like speak about having a consistent eleven and having a consistent formation. Everything has to be consistent and repetitive. It doesn't have to be like that, you know. Sometimes you can do changes and make changes to your team that will benefit that in the long run. You know, like I mentioned Jed Spence earlier in the podcast, I could potentially give shots a, a run for his money. Probably won't, but if he gives Pulis something to think about, sometimes it's worth the gamble and it potentially could make the squad actually better right even with his his lack of experience um but in terms of giving something the manager something to think about um this kind of links well with the, the next question it's from akmedo it's a-k-m-e-d-o um and he says that he or she says it says um we're relinked with savile and powell to two midfielders are really needed we have a lot of depth in there already um so this kind of adds to my depth point of having the right players rather than having the and, and a lot of players, and you know, so I, I don't think we have a lot of depth there. If in my opinion, you know, it says it just says we do have a lot of players there, but I don't think we have the right depth. Um, in my opinion, um, you know, Desart's looking to go. He hasn't really featured at all. Ledbetter is being linked with Sunderland, and I think uh, so. So Savile and uh, Powell kind of instantly replace them, but they're better than them. You know, simple as that. The the pair of them are so the strong. The, the squad instantly gets stronger. Appreciate that we, we love Ledbetter. He's a club captain. Um, but every dog has its day. 
you know, and I think Ledbetter's had his day now, and it's sad to see him go, but it's the right decision for him in his career now, maybe get the chance to, to play at Sunderland uh, and finish his career there, he's a, a Macam one, uh, you know, he, he's an adopted T-sider, but he actually is a Sunderland supporter, and he was growing up there, and I think it would be a, a good move for him to, to end his career, Um I'll be happy to see him go, just in my opinion. Um, but I must say, I'd be happy as well to welcome the likes of George Savile and Nick Powell. They're very young players, you know. They're still make, they're still earning the craft. They're still getting a little bit better. They're hungry and they, they can be exciting talent. I think George Savile scored 10 goals from midfield last season. Nick Powell has been tipped as one of the best players of the Championship this year, even though he came from League One last year. So, you know, he, I think Nick Powell, he, he came from Manchester United as well. So, um, as a Manchester United Academy uh, why he played for Manchester United or something like I can't remember how it all went on now, but um, he is a very very exciting talent. You don't play for Manchester United if you if you're not good enough. So as simple as that. I think they they're potentially very very exciting signings for us. And also we've been linked with the Jason Punchin and Rafa Silva too. I think it's great to be linked with these type of players. You know, it really is great to be linked with the, these four players. But you need to answer these question, these two questions. One, do they actually fit the system that we're trying to play at the moment? And two, do they actually want to be here? You know, Powell and, and Savile, you know, they're looking for a new club. They want to, you know, prove themselves. I think they could potentially do that. But the likes of Rafa Silva and Jason Punchin, you know, maybe using more of like a, a pay packet at the end of the day or, maybe looking to use Middlesbrough as a step up rather than a, a step forward in the in their career. Um but let's move on. You know, let, let's move on to the Leeds game and and this is a massive, massive game for us. Um it's another opportunity for us to actually check out our competition um and, and, and try and make a point to the league, I, I think. Um I think we should expect a very, very tough game. Um, against Leeds on Friday, you know Marcelo uh, Bielsa, he's he's an he's an excellent coach. It hands down, he's a very very good coach. You know he's been credited by by Pep and Pochettino as as their mentor, and they actually said that he's probably one of the best best coaches in the world, if best in the coach, and and that says something. You know that speaks volumes. The two most successful, well not really most successful, but the two probably I believe the best coaches in England at the moment. You know, giving him his praises. It's something you know you should be having a look at. Um, but what he's done at Leeds this season, he's brought more of an aggressive pressing style to Leeds. You know they they look a good side, um, in, in my opinion. They move the ball well. They use the wing backs for the overlaps, and um, they look for the through ball behind the defence. And that system essentially has allowed the likes of Alioski and Pablo Hernandez and, and that new signing click. Or cliche, or however you want to say, and to get to get the space in there on the box and punish teams, and they've been excellent. I, I watched I watched the game against Norwich, and they made they made Norwich look like a pub team. You know, I remember last season um, we played Norwich at the Riverside, and Norwich made us look like fools at times. Yes, they've lost a couple of players, like James Madison and so forth, but you know we have we have a, a very very tough game um, on, on Friday, um, so. How are they going to set up? You know, how are they going to start um, on on Friday? I think they'll start like a house on fire, in my opinion. You know, with the losing losing against Preston midweek in the cup, they had a, a relatively strong side out. They had to use some first team players. They have got a lack of depth in there in terms of players who are first team quality. Yes, of Sam Bamford, Baker, and Harrison, who we are all familiar with, um, but they still need some signings um, because they look a bit short 
um, at the moment. But I think Leeds are going to set up in that 4-1-4-1 on Friday. Um, like I've like they have in, in previous weeks. They've only really done the 4-2-3-1 once or twice, I can't, if I can recall. But um, Bielsa will be saying, you know, let's play a little bit higher on, on Friday night, you know. Keep wide and try and force that one v one with our three centre back, three centre halves to create the space for the likes of Sears and likes of Click to to get space on the edge of the box and get a shot away. Um, you know the, these two players are, are very very talented. They are able to get a shot away. Um, so we have to be very very careful not to try and be caught on the one v ones, especially out wide if we've got with like a three three centre half system. Um, so if they do if they do that, you know, you can see the likes of Millersburg like shot on and and friend probably playing a little bit deeper than than usual and maybe reverting to a five three two or a five four one um, and play a little bit narrow and compact um in the early stages. You know, I think Borough it's it's gonna to be tough, you know, it's gonna be very, very tough and we have to we have to break them down early on. You know, keep tight, make leads forced along ball early on get the crowd against them again you know they're all going to be rattled on on friday night so we have to essentially be that team that silences them early doors and then dictate our play on that um so obviously with that in mind if we are forced to to play five at the back um we have a really good opportunity to isolate uh roof and bamford if he potentially plays and make it very very difficult and create chances you know we can what we should do um, is we should look at how we played against West Bromwich Albion last last week and try and utilise the same tactics defensively um, as we do against West Brom against Leeds. Of course, Leeds play a bit more expansive um, than than anyone else, but I think the same similar tactics, making it very very difficult for them, keeping it compact, force that long ball, isolate the striker. Um, and we should hopefully get a foothold in the game. Um, so how do we break leads down? You know, how do we set up against them? And how do we utilize our strengths to potentially win the game on Friday? Um, firstly, I think we should set up in the in the the three five two or the the three four one two, which we've been doing in in previous weeks, and play the same team that beat West Bromwich Albion, and I probably won't see the likes of. Bezic starting, I don't think he will, I think it's too early for, for Mohamed Bezic to start and I don't think Lewis Wing will get his place back, I think Housen was tremendous in that position um, last week um, however, you know, I think if we play that similar system, um, we need to be just as aggressive as we were last week you know, forced leads to play around that the possession style, uh, remember like isolating came our roof and Closing off the channel play, you know they're going to try and do the one v one or the the two v one. If you've watched Leeds's goal against Norwich, it was a a fine move where they passed the ball across the back four. Um, the wing the winger cut uh, came in a little bit, um, and it allowed the wing back to do the overlap, create space for the midfielders um, to run in. And I think it was what they did was that once they created the space. Alioski moved in a little bit of a moved in, gave himself a yard on the defender, ran in and scored. Um, it was a, it was a very very good goal, very good tactically good goal as well. Um, so we need to be just to be aware of that. Um, we need to isolate isolate that channel playing. Maybe potentially play a little bit deeper. I wouldn't be surprised if we started off with five at the back um, for the early doors, especially in that early twenty minutes as well. Um, 
because I think Leeds are going to be pressing higher. You know, they're going to be up for it. The crowd's going to be up for it. You know, there's a, always a bit of rivalry between Leeds and Middlesbrough. Don't really know why um, as much, um, but they're obsessed with us more than we're obsessed with them. So, um, but with them, with Leeds pressing higher, you know, we can break them down very, very quickly. Um, this leaves them more prone to more of a counter-attacking style. So if I was telling, if I was Tony Pulis, um, I'd be telling Brits, stay on that last man, give yourself maybe half a yard. Um, so when they do step up the the defending lines because they do they do play the offside trap and they have been caught once or twice already but got away with it. Um, if they do that, like give yourself half that yard, keep yourself onside, go through on goal. That's what we could potentially be doing on the on the on the through balls if that was if I was Brit. Um, if we steal the ball in midfield, um, you know if we steal it off them in in that pressing style that we could potentially implement with that aggressive nature which I've just mentioned and if we steal the ball in midfield I think we should be using the width uh, on the pitch and get crosses in the box like we have done in recent weeks test the defenders you know um, I don't think they've been tested enough so far this season Leeds um, so we should be doing that getting the balls in the box challenge the likes of, uh, challenge the centre backs that they have um, and, and make it very very difficult for them to, to get the ball clear um, so we all know um we're good at set pieces and, and long throws and dangerous at corners and um, our defence is actually an average of six foot three. So get your bodies in the box um, like we've been doing and cause some problems. You know, Leeds are, are an expansive team. They're going to be trying to stretch the play as much as we can. And I've spoke to a couple of Leeds fans um, before the, the Preston game um, as just friends and, and, and relatives and, and they've said that uh, we'll be when Leeds lose probably against like the dead heads Preston, but it was before Preston, so when we do lose, it's going to be against against a very, very good counter-attacking team. Um, and I'd probably agree with them, you know, sometimes when you play that expansive style in a high press, you're very, very prone in defence, and sometimes they leave two defenders back um, because the wing-backs are so very high up, and maybe the the centre-defensive midfielder has to drop in and play th- potentially three at the back if needed, or he fills in there as and when. Um, so sometimes when you have that start that style, you know, you have to have pace on the pitch. Um, if you are defending and very, very, if you're a quality team, you have pace on those wings. You can't really play that style unless you're a very, very good team. Um, can Leeds play that type of football all season? Questions are going to be asked. Millsburg can ask a lot of questions on them Friday night. You know, I've mentioned again in this podcast. Doesn't matter. It's it's very, very early on in the season, but it's a very, very good chance for Millsborough to go to Ellen Road, make a statement, and not just help us out, but help other teams out in the future. You know, try and expose that style that uh, Marcelo Bielsa is actually trying to implement at Leeds United. You know, some teams probably don't have that quality to 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 beat Leeds at the moment. But you know, if if Middlesbrough go there, they they sit deep, they they utilize the ball well in areas, are aggressive, um, they play on the counter attack, try and dictate the midfield. You know. Um, with that four-one-four-one formation, Millsburg can have maybe potentially that extra yard in midfield, um, like we did against West Bromwich Albion, and try and get a foothold in the game. Um, so as we kind of round this 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 podcast up, I give you my score prediction as always, and I can see it being Leeds one. I can definitely see Leeds scoring against us, um, and Middlesbrough two. Um, we're going for a two-one win. Flint and Lissambalonga the scorers. This is the Borough Breakdown podcast. It's a very, very quick one because I'm currently just about to get a flight back home. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and 
up the borough. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! 